Good afternoon, and welcome to Night Talk. I'm Joe Murphy, and I'm joined for this afternoon's show by my co-host, Mikey Kubik, as usual. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon, Joseph. And uh, we have a special guest with us, and I'll let Michael introduce him in just a minute. But let's begin, as we always do, with our prayer to St. Michael. In the name, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael, Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Michael. Yes, Joseph. You know, I was just thinking of the St. Michael's Prayer when we say it about the evil spirits roaming the earth. They've got to really be going this time. I mean, I've never seen our country the way that it is. It's it's really scary. Yes, it is. It it really is. But we have a great guy here with us, our Deputy Life Director. Director. I, I when I said that I was starting to think is he life or faith? And then, then I, I usually <laughs> reserve Grand Poobah for people like me. <laughs> we have Dave Bloomer, and he's done. Uh, him and uh, the guys are doing a yeoman's job at uh, at the state level. Uh, we just got done with Mike Kish last week. We have Dave here. We're going to bring in some of the other uh, directors and deputy directors from the state to try to get the word out to everybody of what's happening and what. Uh, I think this administration is really doing a lot, and it's good to get the word out to our brothers so that they know. So, Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit of what's happening in life? Michael, Joseph, good morning. Great good to be here morning. again. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, as we know, it's uh, fall, so it's time for the PA March for Life. Now, this year, it's a little bit later than last year. Last year and the year before, it was in mid-September. This year, it's going to be October 16th. It's a Monday. It's still a Monday, but it's going to be a little bit later which should be nicer because the weather should be a lot nicer. I think you remember last year we had a hot, humid day. We had a thunderstorm during the day and everything like that. So this year should be a little bit better. It's going to be mid-October. The thought behind that is that they wanted a lot of the school kids to be present for this this year. During September, as you probably realize, it's busy as you know what in schools. Mm -hmm. Everybody's getting ready for the new year and all bunch of stuff. It's a bunch of chaos. So... They thought they'd uh, pull it back a month this year to give everybody a chance to, to come. So hopefully that'll bear fruit. Hopefully we'll see a lot of school kids at the march this year. Um, just a quick uh, nuts and bolts uh, review of what the PA March for Life is. It's not an actual night's event. We don't control it. We're part of a chorus of a number of pro-life groups in the area that that help with this. Uh, Michael Gears uh, PA Family Institute, um, the uh, Pro-Life uh, Federation. All those different pro-life groups around here, we all work together to put this this march on. So we're just participants in this. But what it is, is we have a day-long uh, event where we have, this year again, we're gonna have two masses. We're gonna have mass at 9.30 in the morning and at 1.30 in the afternoon, both at the cathedral, which is right down the street from the rally and the march. So we're, we're gonna have uh, most likely either Bishop Senior or Bishop Emeritus Gaynor do one of the masses. We could have somebody like Archbishop Nelson Perez of Philadelphia do the main mass at 1.30 like he did last year. That's all still being uh, uh, finalized as we speak. So we'll have more details as we get closer to the event. So the event is just much like last year. Uh, we're going to have a, uh, I think there's like a mini concert at 10 o'clock. I'm not sure who's performing. But at 11 o'clock, we're having a rally. 
Uh, then at 12 o'clock, we have the march around the Capitol building. Uh, I think it's clockwise. We go around the Capitol grounds. And uh, by 1 o'clock, that should be over. At 1, there is a, uh, an, an event called uh, Silent No More. And this is uh, where people who have thought about having abortions but have chosen life instead, they tell their stories. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's an event that goes about, about 15, 20 minutes. That's on the actual Capitol steps. And then at 1.30, we have our second mass of the day. And then that, that's pretty much it. Um, for the most part, it's the uh, uh, same game plan as before. Uh, any night that's helping out, we usually meet at the cathedral right around basically 9, 9.30 in the morning. That's what we did last year. It's a nice centralized location for everybody to meet. You literally can't miss the stage. It's literally right down the street from where the cathedral is. So we're, uh, we're, we're looking forward to a great event this year. Uh, last year, we had a lot of knights show up in their knights gear. They brought their banners. Um, uh, as you know as well, I'm a district deputy too, and one of my councils is the Modern Day Council, the new traditional land mass council. They created a gestoria and put a, um, of a statue of the Blessed Mother on the top, and they carried that around for the march. So they got really creative with it, and it looked very nice, and it looked great. So if anybody has, you know, imaginative ideas for that, please, you know, to come, come like that too. As you know, it's like a security event. So, you know, be careful what you bring and, you know, pack minimally. I always travel very light for these kind of things because, you know, it's just because of one, I'm running around doing a bunch of zillion different things. So um, just uh, pack light, uh, enjoy the day. Um, it was great last year. I was talking with Mike Kish, our state deputy, and Father Rossi, our state chaplain, we were right by the stage at one point, and you just have that panoramic view of the state capitol, and it's just wall-to-wall people. So many people there for the event. And a nice little anecdote about that is the next week, the uh, pro-choicers had their um, event for today, and it honestly looked like a tour group just trying to get into the capitol. There, there was no more than 20 or 30 people at their march. We had thousands and it looked great it looked like what we are we're a pro-life state we're a bunch of pro-life warriors and we're here to stay yeah if i remember last year uh, some of our brother knights were actually for lack of a better term the marshals when they actually started the march around the capitol they were there Mm -hmm. kind of controlling intersections and keeping Mm -hmm. people where they're supposed to be and that's nice too because we can get enough of the guys out exactly and we'll have them again this year i'm working with um joe gardena he's going to probably grab a bunch of guys from his council but any night that shows up and wants to do it is more than welcome to we usually just position them right at the main corners sure and just like provide services like if anybody needs like first aid or if they need to know where the, the restrooms are or anything like that, any kind of practical help while the march is going on. We don't ask them to do anything more serious than that, just to be eyes and ears on the ground and just be a presence, really. So we, we should have that. And also our state uh, membership director, Jim Miyaki, he and uh, Dave Sims, our regional membership director, they're both going to have a uh, table set up for a membership that day, too. So. That, that's a lot of th- that's a big thing that they always talk, talk to us about with Knights events is trying to get new Knights to, to be new members as, as for anything we do. Yeah, that's, uh, well, one of the things that I've always liked about the March for Life when we first started to do it here in Harrisburg is the fact that it's not just a Catholic thing. Exactly. It's a pro-life. Mm-hmm. And you'll meet people from all races, all uh, creeds. Yep. Um, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you can be 
Jewish and you are pro-life. And you can be uh, Methodist, Lutheran, you are pro-life. You can be Muslim and you are pro-life. There is no limit to the amount of people, in, in, in especially in our state, that are exactly. pro-life. I mean, we do have a, a strong pro-life presence and a strong pro-life conscience, I think, which has been right from the beginning of the founding yep. of Pennsylvania. Yeah, but you know what? And I, I keep saying this every year, okay? I don't care what denomination you are. We all have the, the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. The Fifth Commandment says, Thou shalt not kill. Game, set, match, in my mind. What else is there to explain? Yeah, that's that right there. I, I mean, yeah. I think, um, you know, that's true. I mean, you know, you shouldn't kill. You shouldn't do anything, you know, that hurts human beings. But I think the reason pro-lifers are so important is you're speaking for someone that doesn't have a voice. Exactly. That is a child. I mean, we all know that. It's a baby. There is no doubt about it. But they have no, they have no, no say. And I think that's what's scary about our politicians. Because a lot of times our politicians don't listen to the silence. And that's what we have to start listening to. What scares me is that every other demographic group, they all have a voice because they vote. Mm -hmm. They're old enough to vote. They have representation in Congress and in our state legislature and everything. And the unborn don't. They, you're, you're, you could have, I couldn't have said it any better. They don't have that voice because they're not born yet. Somebody has to speak for them. And... I don't know about you, I'm a happy warrior for it, so you know, I know I'm going to be speaking for them. And like you said a few moments ago, it's not just Catholic, it's Protestant, it's Jewish, it's Muslim, it's Buddhist. It's a universal time-honored tradition of protecting those who don't have a voice or don't have somebody to protect them. So we have to be there for them. We have to be that witness. Well, I'll tell you a story. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have uh, a friend I went to high school with up in scranton Wilkesbury. area. And his daughter and son-in-law, their first baby, they had to do surgery, not after the baby was born. They had to do surgery in utero. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if they were in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or where the surgery was done, but they did the surgery in utero. The baby was born normally and is perfectly healthy to this day. Okay? And I go, God bless. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of prayers were said when that operation was going on. Well, I guess it's one of the hardest things to think about is when you are pro-life, and like I said, I can't believe anybody shouldn't be pro-life, is those individuals that are not pro-life. I mean, there is no such thing as pro-choice. It's pro-abortion. I mean, yeah. that's what they are. There is no, not such a thing. As a matter of fact, There's no other uh, we're proving that more and more, especially in our state, which does upset me about our lawmakers, is that we're taking away the option. If you're pro-choice then you should not be afraid of having pregnancy centers open that are geared toward establishing and keeping and maintaining the life of an unborn child. Because to me, that's what pro-choice is. Okay, if, you, if you're a true believer in pro-choice, then you have to have both options open. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not seeing pro-choice. We're seeing pro-abortion. Yeah. The, the, the whole point of it is death. Don't let the child live. And that's really, I think that's going to come back and haunt us as, as in, our souls are going to be haunted on this forever. And I'm just so proud that uh, people like you, Dave, and our brother Knights and all these other organizations that are stepping up are doing this because it is for the sanctity of our souls. 
-hmm. for the saving exactly. of our souls. Real quickly, either one of you or both mm -hmm. of you, uh, we have about a minute left to the first segment. Uh, any final thoughts on what we were talking about? Really, uh, it, I think in the future you're not going to see so much as a D.C. March for Life because the Dobbs decision made the abortion issue a state matter. It brought it back to the states. Sure. That's what overturning Roe v. Wade did. It didn't outlaw abortion. That's why I think a lot of people don't tend to remember that aspect of it. It didn't. What it did is it brought it back to the state. So all the states now, all the state capitals, Trenton, Dover, Annapolis, you name it, they're the forefront in, in, in the battle now. And in my view, there's really nothing to go down to Washington for. Yeah, let's, uh, we can continue this discussion. We're going to go take a break. We'll be back right after these messages. Welcome back to Night Talk. I'm Joe Murphy, and I'm joined for this afternoon's show by uh, Mike Kubik and uh, Dave Bloomer. And we were discussing, naturally, pro-life, uh, because the pro-life march is coming up on, what did you say, the 19th uh, of? Monday, October 16th. 16th, okay. So there we go. It'll be right there, at, at the, right at the intersection of 3rd and State Street, right at That's the Capitol right, steps. Right, right, down, right down the street from the Capitol, and uh, right, right basically where we meet is right in front of the uh, cathedral. In the cathedral, and, yeah. And uh, that, that way it gives everybody a nice centralized location to meet. They don't have to worry about getting lost or anything. There Not you that go. you can get lost. It's very compact down there, as you know. So it should be it should be a great day. It should be a great time for everybody, and I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see everybody. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you had mentioned, Dave, was uh, the fact that last year the individual, uh, one of the councils, was carrying the statue of our Blessed Mother. Right. And you know, one of the things that that is so important um, in the pro-life movement is prayer. Exactly. And I know that you have something going on now. Uh, with prayer, and, and, and it's associated with Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yes, the Silver Rose. It's in Pennsylvania right now, and it's going to be here in the Harrisburg area tomorrow, uh, or uh, on Friday. So if you, let me, let me give a quick uh, explanation of what the Silver Rose is. It's basically like a, like a foot-long Silver Rose. It's very mm -hmm. beautiful, if anyone's ever seen one. And as you said, it's a devotional to Our Lady of Guadalupe. It takes a tour through all the different states and jurisdictions of the Knights of Columbus. And there's several routes, like there's several roses. We're on Route 4. So we got it from West Virginia back on August 13th. And it went from Pittsburgh to Erie to Altoona Johnstown. And now we get it for this weekend, for the Labor Day weekend. Then we hand it off to Scranton. It goes down to Allentown and then to Philadelphia, where Mike Kish and Nick Marcantonio are going to uh, join with our brothers in New Jersey, and they're going to do a handover ceremony over the bridge into New Jersey. Then it goes down into Delaware, Maryland, and then it winds up in D.C., and it ends its route. The, what I wish they would do with the Silver Rose is make it so that each region had it a little bit longer. We have it in a blur. We'll have it like Friday, basically through Labor Day. So mm -hmm. you only get a, a small chance if you're in the area to come to uh, St. Joseph's in Mechanicsburg. They're the ones that are the custodians for it in our area, and they're going to have you know different like prayer services and devotionals while it's here. Uh, so please come if you can this weekend. Um, this is really the only time we're going to see it for the year, 
and then then it goes on to New Jersey in mid September, and then that's it. It's yeah. not like the icon where you get it, each council gets it for like a longer, yeah, for time. A longer period of time. It's a lot more of a time yeah. constraint. And, so. and the main reason too is, is we have more of the icons than we do right. the Silver Road. Exactly. We have one Silver Road yeah. coming through our area. And I and I get worried that I'm going to lose it while it's in my uh, care, and then I'm going to be like, oh boy, what's how much does this thing cost? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one of the things you know, unfortunately, this show will air after the Silver Rose leaves our area. But I think this is a a good thing to bring up because it's going to happen again next year. Exactly. It happens every year. Yeah, get your council involved. Um, You know, not every council, they're not going to, Silver Rose most likely will not go to an extremely small parish. They're going to try to go to one of the larger parishes because, as Dave mentioned, it's only in our area for three days. Right. Each region only gets a couple days too, so you have to be careful. It's really hard to do. But... This is a kind of a thing, brothers, that you can do a little bit of the fraternity side and your spiritual side. Get a couple of your brother knights together that, that are available. Come down at St. Joseph's. I know that we're going to have benediction. We're going to have mass. We're going to have the ceremony for the Silver Roads first. And then we have adoration. So, you know, you could bring a couple of your brother knights. Again, you're not going to make it this year. It's already over as you hear this broadcast. But in the future. Um, it would really be something to see three or four nights representing each council exactly. attend one of the events. It yeah, really and truly would. Yeah, that would really be fantastic. Yeah. And I think that the Silver Rose, up until about maybe a year or so ago, there wasn't really a lot of uh, hoopla, <clears throat> hoopla or, you know, the, the enough um, talked about it, be, like enough talked yeah. about it before it happened. That's changing. I think a lot more people are becoming more aware of the Silver Rose. Mm-hmm. They're becoming more active with it. It's becoming a much bigger program than it used to be. So hopefully Supreme will see that and they'll say, oh, wow, these, these people should have it longer. Maybe just yeah. get more roses and then have like shorter routes so that each route, can, each, sta- each stop can have it much more longer than they usually do. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest problems with the Silver Rose is that you, you, you know – I know when I was program director, you don't actually know when you're going to get it because they sell you this is the schedule. Right. And then you find out that West Virginia doesn't want it as long or they want it a day or two longer. Right. And, you know, it's just the old, like the old saying. about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nine-tenths of the law is possession. That's <laughs> and right. they have it. <laughs> you can schedule, well, we're going to pick it up on, uh, you know, August 31st. And you go there, and the gentleman's not there at the gas station that you're picking it up at. And all of a sudden, you call him, and he says, yeah, well, the bishop wanted to have it an additional day. Mm-hmm. So we decided to, yeah. and then now uh, we're cut. And then whether or not we can get to New Jersey and say, hey, guys, can you give up a day? Yeah. And New Jersey says, no, we were going to call you, and we wanted it a day earlier. Yeah, and, there, and there's I, logistics and choreography. And, yeah, it is. It, it's it. really, and I think that's why a lot of times we don't get the word out in time because yeah. everybody's a little nervous. Because I know that during uh, the Jago administration, we ended up having it additional days because of the fact we got lucky. West Virginia had something going on; mm-hmm. they didn't want it as many days, right. so we got it earlier. Yeah. But then all this, everything shifts. Right. You know, now you say, <laughs> "Oh well, okay." Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, you guys are bigger. You can have it an extra day or a half a day. Sure. And, and, and it really and truly is tough. It is. It's a logistical nightmare, and somehow it all gets worked out. Oh, yeah. And it, it always gets yeah. to be yeah. where yeah. it needs it to be. It always gets worked yeah. out. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we had talked about uh, during the break um, was that 
this is something that's going on for the Knights for, for decades. We have always followed up with the uh, young ladies who are pregnant and they need help. Right. But never before have we actually had a program that does it. So Dave, why don't you talk a little bit about right. that? Right, that's the uh, ASAP program, Aid and Support After Pregnancy. Uh, it's, you're, you're right, it's a newer program. I think we're in our second year with it now with this fraternal year. And basically, it, it's as you said, it shows that the Knights of Columbus care about the baby after it's born much more as much as when it's in the womb. So what it basically does is it provides financial support for um, any like crisis pregnancy center, anybody who's helping these young women. And it, it's like a, it's like a, for every $500 you produce in either monetary or goods, Supreme kicks in another hundred up to like $2,000. So it's an, it's a good way to raise a lot of money for this um, program really fast. And like I said, it just shows that, you know, it's not just about bringing the baby to term. It's making sure that baby has a good start in life too with it, it's, it's, it's most basic of needs diapers, baby formula, you know, any, anything, clothing, anything that the baby needs. And with, with the aid and, with the ASAP program, we've, we've really seen a lot of early success with it too. What scares me about it, and you alluded to this a few moments ago, is that some of our uh, political uh, environments around here are getting a little bit more hostile to things like crisis pregnancy centers. And that would be an absolute disaster if anything like that ever came to pass because these I've toured one of these places. I've toured Morning Star's offices, and I've also toured, toured Lord's House, which is, a, as we know, it's, it's a place here in the Harrisburg uh, region that helps young mothers that are you know, choosing to, to bring their babies to term. With If the political environment gets to a certain way, some of these places could be gone, and I don't even want to contemplate the the, the disaster that it would unfold sure. from that. And it is a, it's a true shame. And, and, it, and, you know, one thing that we all have to realize, it's our tax dollars. Exactly. And, you know, are you willing to not stand up and contact your congressman or your senator mm -hmm. and let him know that, you know, it is your tax dollars and you don't want your tax dollars to just be tax dollars for abortion activities? Yeah, you Planned have Parenthood to gets give enough. them the option. I mean, and, they're not going to get too much if you ask me. But. Yeah, yeah, far too much. Well, even at the federal level. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know how uh, Planned Parenthood fits into into the uh, yeah. federal structure for yeah. uh, donations. Probably quite well, unfortunately. Yeah. So that, that's one of the things. And, and you know, I, I, uh, as, you, as, as you mentioned, Dave, you've been out there. I've been to mm -hmm. Lord's house. Um, our diocese does a lot. Sure does. They truly do. Th and, thanks uh, to the, the efforts of Bishop Gaynor these past number right. of years, and I I, I I trust that Bishop Senior will be very similar in his approach. Yeah, I, I have no doubt. No, I, I, think, don't, I don't I think, um, I've met him a couple of times. I, I'm very much looking forward to him being our bishop. But but as we know, Bishop Gaynor was yeah this this was very important to him and, and still is. And, yes, and uh, and we're gonna miss him. You know, well, we don't miss him totally. Still, well, here. we're not missing him <laughs> yeah. at Capadano because he's our faithful friar. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah, he's he's got plenty. He's got plenty of off time now. So <laughs> that, uh, that that's that's Luis Vajegas is uh, doing. He got him yeah. to only he could probably get him to be our friar. So uh, Bishop Gaynor's like, I'd love to be. So we we have him as our friar for this year. So 
Yeah, he's 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 keeping active. He's he's well, he's going to be basically the apostolic administrator for the mm-hmm. for the uh, diocese. So he's still going to be around. He's still, which I'm glad to hear because I think Bishop Senior will benefit greatly from his experience and his knowledge of the Harrisburg diocese and will help him. Yeah, th- into th- his th- role. yeah. There's a big difference. I mean, Bishop uh, Senior was you know in the Philadelphia area, but there is a big difference That's between true. Central Pennsylvania. Yep. And, well, yeah, uh, we have it's one. a culture shock. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I learned that when I moved out here 25 yeah. years ago. <laughs> so. There you go. There you go. Guys, uh, we got uh, about uh, two minutes or so left. Okay. Uh, Good. Again, the match is the 19th, no, 16th, 16th of, of October. 16th, right. Uh, of October, mm-hmm. and it will be right mm-hmm. there at the intersection of 3rd and State Streets exactly. where the stage is going to be, right, right. there across right. the street. The stage, the stage will face the, the Capitol. Capitol. Yeah. So, uh, like, if you're going to be in the area, make sure you're on the Capitol steps. You'll see everything perfectly from there. Yeah, it'll be all set up by the time most people start arriving yeah. before the, the ceremonies and what have you and, start. And wear your knight's gear, bring your, ba- bring your council banners, bring your assembly banners, just show... We're the Knights of Columbus. We're the forefront in the pro-life movement because we are. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and there you go. Just a little caveat, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you have kids, and your kids have had kids, now your grandchildren, and you you're sitting there, you're holding them with a tea tiny. How can you not be pro-life? Exactly. You know, I I'm sorry. I get my my eight-year-old as of yesterday mm-hmm. gives the best group hugs. In we the world. we see it as the miracle that it is. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen, Michael. Well, I think, uh, you know, ending on this, I guess the thing that always gets me, and it's a saying that that's been going around for years, is how come the only pro-abortion are already alive? Yeah, Reagan said that years ago. Yeah, yeah he yep. says, I, I mean, noticed that all those it? who Why are pro-abortion it? have already been born. So it's kind of easy to do that. Yes. And, uh, but uh, as Joe always says, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. So if you're yep. tough, be pro-life. Okay, be guys. happy about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, with that, I'm going to thank Dave Broomer for coming in and thank Mike Yakubik. I'm John Murphy. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. God bless.